This is your announcer, Shannon St. Mainframe, welcoming you to our IPA livecast. Rumors of Rob selling the livecast to the Saudis are completely false. They did make an offer, but we are holding out until a country with better sunflower seeds gets into the bidding. We're looking at you, Turkey. Our IPA livecast starts now. That's right. Maybe some sunflowers, some good ones. Only the finest. I've honestly been uh, eating a lot of Israeli sunflower seeds lately. What? <laughs> there's there's two things that Israel is really good at: making sunflower seeds and making apartheid. So, uh, and I, making I, money I, I off of apartheid by selling sunflower seeds to Americans. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's what true. happened to BDS, Rob? B- Isn't the S for seeds? Boy, boycott divest sunflower seeds. It's saying Bitch don't boycott. see. <laughs> Welcome to RIP Livecast. It's January 14th. And uh, we love all of our Israelis listeners, not so much the Israeli government. I guess if you're if you're in the IDL, I'm not sure how you feel about you. But yeah, BB is a loyal listener. Also, aren't they forced to be in the in the in the uh in the army if you go there? They're not forced. Yeah, you can, you can go you can go to prison. You can All go right. take a jail sentence. Okay, man. well, Buffy, you're, you're a man. I, I don't hold it against you if you, you know, considered that you didn't have any other options. Yeah, that's fair. I'd also like to say today that this is my mother's birthday. Oh, happy birthday! And it's her 80th birthday. Wow! And she's knock on wood, very healthy, aware, uh, hasn't lost a step mentally. She works every well, not every day. She works four days a week. That's Wow, and she's fantastic. She's a wonderful woman, and I love her. So happy birthday, That's Mama awesome. 3D! We were born as you as you know, if you're a fan of the show, two weeks apart in the calendar, mm. and she was her due date. Not the same year, though. No, that would be extremely uh, <laughs> unscientific. She was 31 when I was born. Uh, well, so I'm, her due date was her own birthday. Weirdly enough. Wow. And I was two weeks premature and born on New Year's Day. Dusty says, happy birthday, Mama 3D. I'll pass that along. I've shown, you know, it's funny. My mother, and you guys know, I've told you stories about her. I don't think ever, either of you met her in person. Rob oh, yeah, years ago. Oh, what you are talking about? We've met her plenty what? of times. When did you, Sid, when did you meet my mother? She used to give me rides home from Noah's when we did the podcast there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. And also at a couple of Mets games, I think we've run into each other. Oh, yeah. okay. That at I really once. don't remember. I remember the rides now. Yeah. Uh, she has a very great sense of humor, and I have showed her things from the Discord and stuff, and she cracks up. Like she's very in tune with our humor here. Nice. I say she's very foul mouthed and uh, <laughs> she's body. A when I was younger, oh, yeah. and I met your mother, like when you know when we first started hanging out, mm-hmm. uh, she was definitely the lewdest like older person I had ever met. Yeah. And I say that like as a compliment. I was so impressed. <laughs> a lot of the humor you hear on this show that I contribute is from her. Like I learned to be a foul mouthed, <laughs> uh, edgy person from her. I would think I would say. That's awesome. Right on. Uh, and of course we are live every Saturday noonish to about one thirty, And you could listen to us at RIP live cast. Dot com. We stream live for free on video, on YouTube, and Twitch. And of course, if you love the show and want to 
show your support financially. Throw us a few bones. Patreon.com slash RPLivecast. Five bucks a month. Gets you two bonus episodes a month. Uh, and uh, this month we're fucking hanging out, diving deep into Sharon Osbourne's vagine. Oh, Wait, so we are, so we are fucking. We're diving deep yeah. into Sharon Osbourne uh, with her new docu series that was so prolific that it was picked up by the award-winning streaming platform Fox Nation, and uh, and it's such a great platform that when we were trying to do the watch along. Uh, we crashed the servers by watching too much content, I think, because at some point in the recording, I couldn't get the next episode to load and we had to stop the recording. And it was just so miserable and funny that we actually posted it up for free. Uh, you could watch that 10 minutes of my technological torture at uh, patreon.com slash RAPLivecast. You know, I was thinking about it, and I have to give—I have to say one positive thing, unironically, about that. You don't have to. I—I <laughs> uh, I, that's a fair point, uh, but I do want to give credit to one thing. It—it's it, a well-made uh, piece of content. I think it looks, of course, very good. directed by Jack Osborne. Why wouldn't it? It looks very good. It's—it has the correct beats of a documentary. I would say. <laughs> just the, the content is just it's shot with cameras, and there's, there's no. There's, there's, well, there's ways to make a bad documentary. You know, yeah, we've yeah, watched yeah. a couple. There's On very the weird use of animation in this yeah, documentary. Also, that was hilarious. <laughs> no real reason. It seems like they felt like they had to include some documentaries. That some some sorry some animation in the documentary, and it looks like it's drawn by an eighth grader. It's probably like someone Jack is dating or something. He's like, I know yeah. this girl. She's an animator. Let me throw her some work. But overall, like I, it, that made it more comical to me. Is that this is like you sort of fall into thinking this is like a real documentary, and then you it's you snap. They say something so ridiculous, and it yeah. snaps you. You're watching this on Fox Nation, and it's about one of the worst people in show business. Right. The whole yeah. The way it starts is she's defending somebody else for being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so great. Um, so it's a good watch. So well worth watching. On our Patreon. Uh, and Darren, you had something you wanted to say. I did. Uh, oh, I didn't know we were going right into this meeting. Yeah. What yeah, that Scooby-Doo show is terrible. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to... T well, let me start out by saying that I have been divorced uh, for a while. And I haven't been talking about it. And I feel like the meta discussion about that is important to go into first... Because I feel really guilty. Like, I feel like our show is a lot of, um, what, what should I say? I think a lot of it is our personal lives. Mm -hmm. I think that was the appeal of the show years ago and continues to be now. That's why I'm always asking questions about Rob's sex life that he, after he came out as being gay, because that interests me and I think it interests the audience. I feel like I've uh, sheltered that part of my life. And this is the reason why. First thing is that I love our audience so much. Uh, I, I mean, this is like a joy to me to interact with our fans every week. And uh, when it first happened, this is, let me start by saying it was September 2019. That's when I got, not divorced, but separated from my wife, Jennifer. And uh, so at that point, I didn't really want to talk about it, which I think was understandable. Uh, 
And I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to use this show kind of like a refuge. And I was like, I'll talk about it later. You know, let's just do funny stuff right now and not be depressing. And then a little bit of time passed. And when I finally said, all right, this is stupid. This is like time to actually talk about it. I felt like so much time had passed that it was like, all right, now it's kind of dumb to bring it up. We're talking about it got to like six, seven, eight months. And I was like, and then COVID happened like shortly after. And we had all that stuff to talk about. And it was uh, sort of felt like, all right, now how do I even explain that I didn't talk about it in Mm. the first place? It was like this enormous uh, albatross. So then I kept thinking of like, all right, eventually I'm going to talk about it. Eventually I'm going to talk about it. And then so much time passed that it, it came to where Rob was coming out of the closet. And I was actually going to do my little speech that I'm doing now, like, around that exact time and rob said all right i think it's time for me to do this so i said well that's like a giant revelation i'm not just gonna go oh by the way also (laughs) i thought i I first planned to do it the week after you and i was like no this needs some time to settle and we need to explore that story so let's just put it off for a little while i finally got to the point where i noticed that i was you know sort of holding back things that i can't really say because I haven't acknowledged a big elephant in the room. Like I wanted to talk about dates that I have been on or, you know, anything like sexual or even just, I had a conversation in the supermarket with a girl or something, you know, I was like, I'm not telling this story because it, not because I'm hiding it. I mean, I have a very good relationship with my ex-wife. She's a saint. I'll never speak ill of her. I have never have acrimony with her. It's not one of those things. Uh, We just sort of just kind of, developed into a state where we were living together as roommates and that kind of sucks so she's the one that broke it off but mainly it's because i was kind of a coward and just kind of kind of going along the treadmill because i think i was trying to do the same thing but without hurting her feelings and then she just not out of the blue we had a fight but at the end of the fight it was like i think we should be separated and i was and i immediately started packing up my shit like she this is one of the things that bothered me about it is that she did it on over a text mm. and that really hurt. She did it over, well, over a uh, G chat, but uh, cause she's just a non-confrontational person. I don't think she's mean spirited. She just doesn't, whenever she has to do a confrontation, she does it sort of as remotely as possible. So I think that's, but that really rubbed me the wrong way. It's like, you should have at least come home the day, that day of when it happened and just do it to my face. The other thing that was that when we were living together, we were on one floor of a three family house. Her parents are on the second floor, uh, third floor and her sister and her brother-in-law, my also my brother-in-law were living on the second floor and they just had a kid. So he was turning, uh, he was turning, let's see, two years old and it was his birthday. And we had a whole party, and he was oh born. He was born on September 11th, by the oh, way, which is another weird part of the story. Uh, so this was all happening on September 11th. Uh, we had a fight the previous night, September 10th. I would like to briefly go into what the fight was about because it's ridiculous. We almost never fought, by the way. So this is very odd that we had a fight. But she kind of she came up to me trying to tell me something important. And you said you can tell me if I handled this correctly. Oh I still to this day think that I did. This is not important, but I, I feel like Sid will relate to this. Uh, <laughs> I was watching a sports game. I was watching a Mets game. It was like literally the last pitch of an important game. 
She came up to me five seconds before the game ended and said, I wanted to tell you something. And it was not made clear to me that this is like important news. I was like, okay, give me one second. Like, I wasn't like, get the fuck out of here. I'm watching a game. I said, uh, five seconds. And then he throws the pitch, swing and a miss, strike three, game's over. I was like, okay, what is it? And then she's in tears. And she's like, I want, you know, I wanted to fucking tell you something. And you look at it, and she's like an enormous Mets fan. So I'm like, what? This is not like a woman who doesn't understand sports. Yeah. She's a Mets fan before I met her. And I was like, what What did I do? Like, I was legitimately sad. And like, I went up to her, and she's like, it turned out that she just found out that day. And it was the day before her her nephew was celebrating his birthday that he had complications and almost died when he was born and her sister had hid that and she just told her that like that day so then i you know i did but but i felt really bad but i didn't know that going in you know and i was happy to talk to her like shortly afterward so but then it was like then we just had a big fight and i was like well what all i did was put it off for like five seconds i didn't like brush you off get the fuck out she left the room slammed the door and maybe over the course of our relationship, which was like eight years, we've had a fight like that maybe three times. Like we had such a you've seen us interact together. Like we had such a wonderful, like easygoing way of talking to each other. And that was out of the norm. And what would usually happen is we'd mad for six hours and like, oh, okay, what's for dinner? Yeah. So I just figured that was gonna happen. We she went to bed, I went to bed separately. I jumped in the bed after I was done. She we had very different schedules, being a poker player and all that. So I went, jumped into bed like 2 a.m., wake up the next day. She's already gone from work, and I get the text, hey, can we talk? And I'm thinking, like, this is going to go to, all right, this is settled, and now we're going to figure out what restaurant we're going to later. Mm-hmm. No, she's like, I think we should be separated. I was like, what? Like, because of that fight? Like, what? what is going on here, you know? And then she just explained, like, there's a lot of just shit. We're growing apart and all that. And I was like, in my head, you know, yeah, that's kind of true. Like, we are, I feel the same way. She was basically listing off everything I felt. And I feel like part of me was saying she's doing me a huge favor because I was kind of trying to figure out a way to have this conversation, too. Uh, but still, it hurt. Like, it's. I, I tried to explain this over the years. Like, you know, I think it was a bad situation for me to be in. I'm much happier now. I'm much happier being single and dating and all that stuff and focusing on other things instead of having a relationship on my plate constantly. Yeah. At the same time, it hurts to be rejected. Like that's somebody that put you on a pedestal for years. And like, I was the most important person to her. And now she's like, this is done. So that fucking hurt. Like a little piece of me still feels that way. You know, even though I do given the opportunity, I would not want to be back in a relationship with her. But it's still- I just want to. I want to. If I could butt in before, like Please. before you keep going, I just want to say, uh, you know, you're uh, like. It sounds to me like there, you know, when she, the like she wasn't just upset because you because of that particular moment where you chose to watch that Mets game. It sounded like there was a lot more behind that, and that was perhaps the final straw. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't necessarily like that was it. Like it was, it was an isolated moment. Yeah. Well, I was gonna get to that, but I did. But the thing is that she, like I said, is notoriously non-confrontational. Right. Right. That, that, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Like because, as you mentioned, like she was non-confrontational. So it sounds like, like she was bottling this up. Well, what I, the way I perceived it uh, over the years before this incident happened was that I had a lot of problems with the way the relationship was going, and she didn't, and she portrayed it as 
she was fine. And that was why I was reluctant to say anything or to have discussions about whether we should continue to be married because I thought I was hurting her feelings because I thought she, but she just didn't tell me anything. Like, so she let it go to the point where she was almost ready to divorce me and didn't then just said it rather than mm-hmm. we having like regular discussions about it. So that's why I didn't do, it. I think if we had regular discussions, I might've been the one that would have done it, but I had no idea. So I was like, well, we're going to just like dump her or whatever. And then just turns out that would have been the correct thing to just mutually do it. But I was not ready for it. And she pro- apparently felt the exact same way that I did. So like after the initial shock, I was like, oh, and let me tell you, by the way, when that happened, I was like, I just immediately started packing everything into hefty bags. Like I was had to work that day at like 3 p.m. So this was like 12. I took everything she said she got home she's like i couldn't fucking believe that she's like i was i thought when i got home you'd be back from work and we would just talk about this and then i got home and the place was like virtually empty like i forgot a few things so there was like maybe two more bags worth of shit to get but i literally got like 85 percent of my stuff out of the house lined up not out but lined up in garbage bags she's like you must have really wanted to get the fuck out i was like yeah like i subconsciously even like i thought it felt like if like looking back i didn't realize this in the moment i was just crying and like not you know i'm leaving a place that i lived in for five years you know and i was like i realized retrospectively like yeah i think i couldn't wait to get the fuck out because i basically and i say this not disrespectfully to her like i love my time there and i love her still to this day like we have great friends and talk every day but i wanted to get the fuck out like part of myself i had one foot out the door and i only had her i had to realize that through therapy you know if you lined up your shit in about 45 minutes you know you were yeah. trying to get out she did you a favor by kicking you out like you were saying how you were upset that you know she did it over text but you you weren't exactly like you weren't like going to try to convince her otherwise you yeah. except you were like ready to go You're right. like all right this is happening <laughs> yeah. let's go let's go let's go that was as <laughs> yeah. miserable as she was and then it dawned on me later like we're we just click perfectly as the best friends like it doesn't and we had the initial like romantic like great feelings for each other but that like quickly went away and we weren't the right people to be married with each other uh, but it, when you hear that kind of thing usually it's an embracive thing like you start living together and you fucking hate each other but we did not we were just living after like the first two years i would say we were living together kind of as roommates you know and not that we didn't have sex because we did but it just felt more of a like a roommate vibe you know it just felt like I more. think once you get comfortable in a relationship, it kind of there you there is a risk of a uh, communication breakdown uh, just because you're so comfortable. You don't want to upset the status quo. So mm. you hold back things and then enough of it kind of can build up where it really becomes a problem because uh, similar things have happened to me in my relationship, I feel. Yeah, that is a very good way of putting it. And I spoke to you. Uh, this is funny because like two weeks after this happened, uh, there was a show, a, a wrestling show that Rob and I and her we were all supposed to go to. And she was taking her father and she was taking her brother-in-law, the guy that's married to her sister, who's a terrific guy. Kind of lost touch with him. I feel bad about that. He's an amazing dude. Uh, 
I'm supposed to go see New Japan in uh, in the Hammerstein, right? Was it the Hammerstein? I think. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to see her. We didn't talk at all in those two weeks, except to, are we still going to the show? She's like, ah, I don't, I'm not going to go. If you don't want, like, if you don't want to see me, I understand. You must fucking hate me, you know. Like, I don't hate, I don't hate you at all. Like, I'm happy that I can go sit there. She probably thought I was like a wreck. And I was like, I was a wreck, but not with like hatred towards her, you know. So we all went to the show. As v- it was like very awkward. <laughs> I can and imagine. I, yeah. And I sat next to her. Rob was on the other side of me. And then her father was there. Like, oh, uh, it's just like the worst. I didn't even. Also, hardly- I want to point out the show itself, like even without the, the social like awkwardness, the show itself was super awkward because it got delayed by maybe two hours. Oh, no. Because yeah. for some reason, I remember uh, the why, ambulance the didn't get there and uh, the ambulance didn't get there. And the New York City like sports commission, the athletic commission, requi- the athletic commission requires one in order for a wrestling show to start. So legally the show could not start. And there were all these rumors that like WWE called and canceled, you know, it's all bullshit. Like I think couldn't they just, just call nine one one and be like, Hey, nothing has happened yet, but could you just come and hang out anyway? Thanks. But, but like, so, you know, there's already this kind of awkwardness of like, Oh, what do we talk about? And then like, we're forced for t- like an extra two hours. Oof. And also, <laughs> I don't think we ate. Like, I think we're like hungry now because we we're going to eat after. There's maybe. no refreshments at the venue. It's very Hammerstein. It's very basic it's like pretzels and like hot dogs and water, you know, like terrible fucking. <laughs> and they had a bar though, but I don't drink. Yeah. And they, uh, there wasn't like a, hey, this is going to be delayed so you guys could all leave and come back. There wasn't one of those. No, things. of course. Here, that's it. No <laughs> reaction. You're, you're trapped. Yeah. And these were expensive tickets. These were not cheap tickets. Yeah. Well, uh, let me also I add. That's part of the reason why, why Jennifer and her, and her father went. Because like these were bought like a year before. Oh, you know, so you like, don't want to just take a loss on that. Yeah. Well, it's a big deal. It was New Japan and her father, like. All right, her father's uh, Guyanese. Her parents are Guyanese immigrants. They came here like forty years ago, but her mother is very assimilated to uh, culture. Her father's like a country guy. Like he's still in the guy. You know, he's a he's a smart guy, just not really like college educated. Like he's a brilliant guy, uh, but he's very much in the old old world mindset. But she puts on the Monday Night Raw. He watches it. She puts on the pay-per-views whenever they want. He gets real excited. He loves the women's matches and all that. He freaks out about wrestling. So I was like, wouldn't it be great to take him to see high-intensity wrestling like New Japan? Like, wow, this is going to be crazy. He's going to flip. And then he has to sit there for two hours. The guy goes to bed at eight o'clock usually. Oh, you know? If when the pay-per-view's on, he 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 stays up till like nine to watch the first part of the pay-per-view. So, so he never sees the main events. Well, she sometimes plays them back okay. for him on a replay, or whatever. But like, he, yeah, he. So he's. I can't imagine what he was thinking, like sitting there with this shit. They keep going in the sending someone to the ring to apologize, and it's like right. the most. And was he already possible. aware of what went on with you and Jennifer, or was he? I don't know. Oh. I don't know what he told him. I think maybe not. I think she told her mother and not him. Okay. I know to this day we're still married on Facebook. By the way, oh like, god, she has not told the vast majority of her family. So we're about to reach, I think, ten years of marriage on Facebook. <laughs> That's some, I'm kind of rooting for that. Like I want to <laughs> see the ten year anniversary post of us being married. <laughs> we got married in 2015, so that it's like another year and two years. 
That's a good way to weed out your fake Facebook friends because the ones posting congratulations that don't know. Oh, they, my God. I feel so like, well, bad about that because, like, you know, Devin, remember our, our, mm -hmm. our he every year. I hope you guys are still happy. You know, Mr. Well, Mr. and Mrs. 3D. And, you know, he's feel, listening to the show now. He Devin, if you're listening, I, I apologize profusely. Yeah, I hope you understand. <laughs> why i didn't say anything it wasn't to deceive you or anybody in our audience i love all of you also uh, also he proactively rejects any apology from you because uh, you don't need to apologize for sending those well, let him speak good. let him speak for himself well we always would, <laughs> we always would reply to them like you know not by lying but also by omitting yeah the key point of it but also sure. like the being honest and saying like we do love you thank you that's very thoughtful and all that because like I can't tell you how much joy this show has given me. And a large part of that is due to our, our listeners and viewers. Uh, so I really feel kind of bad that I hid this, but I wasn't hiding it out of shame. I wasn't hiding it. It just never felt like the right time to talk about this. And now I felt like it was forced to be the right time because I have good stories from like dating. I have good stories that involve her also that I anecdotal that might be funny and I can't tell it because part of the story involves us not being living together. Mm. You know what I mean? So that kind of stuff, you know, so now I feel like that's a weight off my shoulders, but the really important part of this is that I, I wanted to apologize to our fans for not like, telling this story earlier because i think you guys are fucking amazing that discord gives me so much joy and like you know hopefully hopefully this is a good explanation you understand why it took me so long i to think they will yeah, yeah i think it, it makes sense but again i will never say a bad word about her there's certain things we don't get along on there's certain things i don't like about her personality that she's not confrontational but I'm sure there's a lot of things that are obnoxious about my personality, too. I think overall, again, she's a saint. And I consider us, I, I, I would consider her one of my best friends. And that's the way it probably should have been all along. Mm. So, uh, Dusty asked me if I'm on OkCupid. I have a couple of dating profiles, but I really don't use them anymore. Uh, I feel like I've met a lot of people. Just socially, through my umpiring and through my uh, school, I'm back in school, and just walking around. I don't know if you guys remember, but I've always been the kind of guy who meets women just by being so. I was gonna, I was gonna bring this up. This was something that I was always so <laughs> impressed and occasionally embarrassed by. Just how, uh, just how unbelievably easy it was for you to strike up a conversation with a woman, and the woman like. Nine times out of ten would be like have the attitude of like, oh, get away from me. Like, I'm not in the mood to talk. And how in incredible it was for you to overcome that barrier and like get them to, to like crack through that shield and start like talking to you legitimately. I was just like, wow, yeah. this is happening. Darren is, yeah. a, is a master here. I think and I, I think and you're right. But also, I think when you when you do say that, it sounds like I'm like a pickup artist. No, 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 no. I, I know not, you don't. I know yeah, you don't mean that. But I think someone hearing what you just said could misconstrue it as like. Oh, I think you're a really good. Her. You're a really good impro improvisational conversationalist. I because, think that's fair. Because like you would listen to how they reject your. I don't even want to say advance because you're not like flirting really necessarily. You're just talking. 
and you would like make a joke on it to the point that they they'd almost be like oh he cute <laughs> like, <laughs> like that would be like their kind of take where they're like all right i'll i'll humor you a little and and sometimes you know it'd be their stop and they'd be like no i'm good and you you were totally fine you were like of course. You were like whatever it's a it's a probability game because i'm very conscious of the fact that i that women especially attractive women will hear that 101 times per day and i don't mm-hmm. want to be number 102 but I am going to say something like I find you really attractive or there's something interesting. There's a book you're reading that I read and I loved it. Or I genuinely like meeting new people. And I don't know if you guys can attest to this because we haven't hung out that much in the past five or six years. But I've struck up conversations with men randomly, not in a sexual way. Like I want to hang out uh, or or meet people or get meet interesting people. You know what I mean? Like I. I find that really interesting, and if it's an attractive woman, then it's there's an extra dimension to it. But I strike up conversations all the time. I think it's just a good way to live your life. And if I get a vibe that a person is really annoyed, like really, really annoyed, I will not plow through it. And I'm, like, I'm sorry I bothered you. Like I really feel kind of bad now, and I'm sorry. This is just what I do, but like. <laughs> I will Dusty Rhodes asking if you gave the men Rob's number. <laughs> I, well, the honest answer, uh, I ha- if I saw someone that I think Rob would be interested in based on his descriptions of his ideal men that he deals yeah. with, I would like do a nice that. muscle hug. I, I, but I wouldn't give out <laughs> I wouldn't give out your number. I feel like that's irresponsible. Yeah, like I an would, Instagram handle. Uh, or no, I would get their number for you. I would not. I would or their not, Instagram handle. Oh, oh, would you want me to give out your Instagram handle? Because well, I, 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 I want to see uh, pics first. You know, like, no, uh, but I mean, I my instinct would be don't give out anyone's any. Kind oh, of like personal info. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but see. even your Instagram handle, I would not do that because yeah. maybe I'm, right. I'm no, giving no, no, you give DMs me, get, you don't want. Get, you know, get his Instagram handle. That's what I would and pass it along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would and just I get would. any information he wants to give me and pass on. But I haven't <laughs> yeah, like had dick pics, anything. But will I, they think uh, that it's legitimately for a friend, or will they just think Darren's closeted and pretending because he's like oh, too embarrassed to oh, say it's for That's him? my fake account that I yeah. my, uh, Instagram. <laughs> yeah, your Finsta. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not. Uh, but uh, yeah, they might think that because <laughs> then it's like half an hour. You'd be like, no, 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 I'm straight. This is really for my gay friend. I actually right. have one. Yeah. But so you said you tried the apps. Which which apps were you? Did you find yourself uh, most successful? I had a, when you were, oh, most also successful you were during COVID, which I feel like we could probably do a whole episode on how yeah. awkward that must have been and how challenging it must have been having to deal with divorce in isolation right. and well, dating. Dusty says 3D is looking for a unicorn for him and Rob. <laughs> I'm looking for an uh, for a unicorn for Rob and his man, which I think uh, I would. Be glad to help out with that. Oh, not my nice. cup of tea, but I fully I call I call those a Venn, someone that fits within the Venn <laughs> diagram of our preferences. Oh, is that? Are they very different? We'll get into that another time. No, but I mean, you know, not very, not very different. But you know, he's into bears, and I'm into <laughs> like, like what he looks like. You know? So you need like a bear twink? How does that work? Is there possible? Like a hairy, a hairy. I mean, we both like muscle guys, so oh. that works. Sean <laughs> Michaels, young Sean Michaels. Yeah, just like oh, a little fur. Before little his fur hair there. migrated to from his chest, uh, from his hair head to his more onto his chest. In his lower uh, back. Yeah. You me- you mentioned COVID. I'm glad you said that because you said I was dating during COVID. I did not go on any physical dates. I was very much locked down from the start of COVID until probably I was really cautious about doing anything public until like maybe November 21, I would say. 
uh, although I did things, I went out to the store and did, did that, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, the right in the beginning, well, let's see. So, like from the so time the, I got, you, you, I'm sorry, just to recap, yeah. your divorce happened right September. before COVID. Not right yeah. before, but a few months, like September oh, 2019. Okay. Okay. Not my yeah. divorce. I at, want to at the, I'm sorry, the separation. Yeah, just to get the timeline straight, I got separated on September 11th, 2019. Uh, by the way, I, I have to. I can't gloss over that part of it. That's another thing that really pissed me off because his birthday was that day. My two-year-old nephew, and we had a whole cake plan. She didn't even like wait till that night so I can have some cake. <laughs> like. I had to leave. So, so the, the real problem was like you gonna get your fucking slice of cake. I what kind of cake was it? Do you I remember? Mean, I don't remember. I didn't know if I ever. I don't think I even knew. I don't. You never I had the it. chance to find out, Rob. <laughs> I wanted the cake, but I really like. Now I'm about like if this was a movie, the last shot would be like that last slice cake. of cake, just that last <laughs> slice of cake, and in the background, everyone's having a great time at a party, <laughs> and it's just somber music, focusing roll. on the cake. Yeah. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. It's and like the Hulk end of Hulk. Call Me By Your Name where Timothy Chalamet is just crying by the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's just a cake next to him. <laughs> okay. Uh, where's that? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I never even got cake. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, the by the way, not just the cake. I'm with jokes aside. Like I really love that kid, and he's like, "What's gonna be seven this year?" Uh, he was just a great kid, great kid, wonderful kid, and I just never. I wanted to share in his birthday, including the cake. So that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. But anyway, the timeline was September 11th, and then I moved out, and then we got divorced, meaning signing the papers in February 2020. But because of COVID-19, the courts were, like, incredibly slow. So mm. I didn't get divorced, officially finalized, until October oh, 2020. God. Yeah. Considering really divorce. Bad. I don't know why that, that sounds like. <laughs> <Considering> <laughs> divorced. Anytime, anytime you had to deal with courts in that period, it was brutal. Anyone that had to deal with anything. Uh, so... Right. Uh, what was it? Why was I telling? So that? we were talking about how you oh, were socializing dating. during yeah, yeah. COVID. Yes. Yeah, I didn't. So for like the first, oh, I, had, yeah, yeah. I made dating apps like literally within like a week, but I just was like, I would like flip through it. And I was like, this sucks. Like, I don't really feel like doing this. Like I had no energy to do it. And then like, finally, like slowly started getting into it again, probably by like January. I was like, okay. I could see going on a couple of dates and then I did have a really good time with some people, you know, but then like I met one that I really, really had a huge crush on that. I think I told you about, and this was around February or March or something. And like, she was just like a fucking angel and like everything great about her. She was like Dominican. She had a Cardi B accent, but she was educated. She was working for a lawyer. She had a good noble job. Like the guy was trying to get people from Central America into the country and she would help translate and do like that's human trafficking, Darren. That's a crime. <laughs> yeah. It was Andrew Tate. The disclosure. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Uh he no, really. He was like helping people who are being fucked over by our government. Mm -hmm. And she would help translate and do paralegal work. And she was like planning to take the bar. And she was gorgeous. And she liked the Mets. And it was like hey, we just have conversations until like 6 a.m. And we hadn't met until like 
early March. And then I finally went on a date with her like around mid early to mid March. And it was like one week before everything started closing. So, and it, it was the point where nothing was mandated yet, but they started like closing voluntarily in fear of the virus. Mm-hmm. So we went, we, I planned this whole thing. I planned like we were going to little Italy and I made reservations and like for 7 PM that day, they call me like noon and like, I'm sorry, you're just fucking closing everything. Like I, I was like, what are you kids? Just the fucking flu. What do you guys do? Like it was no, nobody knew anything yet. Yeah. You know, it's like, it sounded like in the news, one of those things that happens in China. You know what I mean? And like, no, remember that era? Like I was that, the exact same way with my mom. Like, oh, relax. Is, yeah. It's going to be in the news but for like a week. The- that's how it was presented to us. So we were right. fed incorrect information. Like, why are you closing like this? I, I wanted to make like a really nice date here. And they're like, uh, sorry. So I, I had to call her and cancel that. And I was like, don't worry. Like, we'll just go to your neighborhood. And I, I, I took her around to like look at all the mansions in Manhattan Beach and all that stuff. And like, we just did it. I did a Brooklyn tour with her. She loved it. And then like, we tried to find something to eat and, and nothing was open. Nothing was open. Everyone was frightened of this shit and lawsuits. They were afraid they would infect somebody and get sued. So I wound up going to the Floridian. You guys know that. <laughs> diner. Oh the my most God. Mediocre shit diner in New York City. And it was the only, literally the only thing oh. open other than a McDonald's or something. So we sat in there. She's like, I don't mind. This is great. She was the most nice, sweet hearted, like amenable person. Just ate shitty French fries and talked for like two <laughs> hours. And that everything was great. Everything was fantastic. She drove me back to my crib and we like made out in the car and everything. And I was like, you want to come up? No, I, I can't. Cause I must've been a Sunday. Cause she had to go to work at like six 30 in the morning. So I was like, next time. Okay, fine. No, no problem. Like no sex, no problem. Wasn't like trying to only get into her ass or anything. And then coronavirus that <laughs> figure of speech. Uh, she wasn't either. That was a oh. good thing about that. How did that? Match. How was that brought up? If we just talked about original. everything, we okay. just talked about everything. It was a very free and easy conversation, and not it wasn't like a sexually obsessed conversation with her. It was like wide ranging topics because we had everything in common, and I was just in lo- like smitten with this girl. And then coronavirus happened, and then I was freaking out about going anywhere and doing anything. And that's where shit went off the rails. Cause she turned out to be like a COVID denier. Like she oh, was no. like, after it was very clear what was happening, she's like, it's just the flu. And then she started telling me stories about how she, uh, she went to a house party with her sister and there was 150 people there. Oh, God. And then she tells me this, Oh, this really funny story. Some dude showed up and he's from Philadelphia and nobody knew who the fuck he was. He just showed up. And everyone's like, who's that? Who brought him? It would be a nice, funny story, except you're burying the lead that you're in a house with 150 people and nobody knows anybody and you're all fucking coughing on each other. Yeah. And she didn't get it. And I said, and I say this not to brag. I'm not trying to how hot I am or whatever, but she was like basically literally begging me to come sleep over at her house. She lived in Bayonne. She's like, come over, sleep over, and basically coming over for me to fuck her. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, I'm I I'm not in that place yet. And this was at the height of COVID. Yeah. The height of COVID. There was no vaccine or anything. It was like the twilight zone. Like I desperately wanted to go over there and spend time with her and build something and all that. And I was like, this a, I'm it's, it's not the right time to do that. And B, this is really off putting that she doesn't care about this at all, you know? And it became a wedge 
and she had needs that were not being satisfied because we were not hooking up or anything. And she went and started dating somebody else. And that was the end of it. And she would text me randomly, like every couple of months, like, I miss you. I'm still thinking Aww. of you. And she's in a relationship with some dude, you know. And and then it started, I don't want to get too off the topic, but it sounded like an abuse situation. Like he was going through her know. phone. I don't mean like she was being hit. That was never told to me. But like he's very invasive of her privacy and stuff. Have so you, that, have you uh, spoken recently? No, like maybe six months ago was the last text, hmm. I would say. But then it's then it stopped. Because it was very clear this is not going to work out. Nice. You know? yeah. But yeah, that was my first real dating wow. experience, and it was just great and then horrible. Mm-hmm. And then I just had a, and I'm settled into a place now where I've kind of, because I'm going to school and I'm working a lot and saving up a lot of money, and I like kind of like that I'm not attached to anybody, but also I'm not like bed hopping. Like I've never, that's never been my personality. So I just like meeting new people, talking to them, and getting to know them and stuff so I'm, I'm very happy with where my social life is cool so but you were on the apps at one point yes but i'm still so think the the accounts are still active i just don't really engage too much you have your alerts off or like uh, someone like like pokes you did you see that i guess so yeah i don't really pay too mm-hmm. much attention to mm-hmm. it yeah the notifications are on which uh which app did you find most successful it varies. Like it depends. Successful in what way? I think when I was on, weirdly enough, when I was on Tinder, which is like the fuck app, I feel like I met the most like uh, compatible people to my very not fuck obsessed personality. But the thing is, you have to weed through a lot of a lot of shit. Like Tinder is mm-hmm. like eighty percent spam. Oh, I don't know how it is for the men seeking men. Yeah. I've never, I've men. never used Tinder. It's it's like a it's like a good amount of real people that are cool that will hang out and looking for dates and stuff and a lot of people that don't match with me because they just want to fuck and a lot of people looking for green cards from other countries oh, wow. a oh, lot wow. of people like spamming their OnlyFans and their like their feet pic stuff on Snapchat oh god really yeah that's like basically wow. all it is uh, except if you dig through it you put in the work which I was invested in doing at that point you can actually meet cool people on there if you know how to schmooze and like talk to people and be engaging and have mm-hmm. a good profile but it's not worth the work to me like I've, i i meet people pretty naturally now through like normal means without dating sites so okay cupid was the other one that i you know but the okay cupid i and i don't say this to be shallow but there's a much wider range of unattractive people on okay cupid i would say uh but there's still some very attractive people on there the one, I, the woman I was just talking about was from Tinder, I think. Mm. Mm. And I did see her profile there one of the few times I was idly swiping through there in the last year. I saw her account again. So maybe she dumped that guy, or maybe so not. Because I don't, I don't check mine. Maybe she just forgot about it. Are you dating anyone now? Just casually, like no, mm. nobody likes really. See, I did have one. Th- I think I mentioned to you guys that I was dating a girl that was. Uh, it lived in Buffalo, but she would she's from here and she would come visit twice a month. So it was perfect for me. It was like we had a really nice time whenever she'd be here for two days visiting her parents and then together time and alone time. You know, she would just go away and we'd just talk on texting apps and stuff or whatever. 
and then she'd be here. We have a nice little time. Then she'd go away. That was perfect. But that was that kind of ended for other reasons. Maybe I'll save that for another another Ooh, show. Teaser. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like I've talked a lot here. We should like probably move on. It's been interesting. No, if is, you want to keep is, going, yeah. keep going, man. We've if you have any questions from me, I'll field them. But I don't know. I feel uh, like I well, purged a lot. I might need a little break. This could be the the ending Q and A session. Well, one one question I have. So uh, you're saying you're not actively having sex? Uh, well, I, you, no, I didn't say that. Oh, he said he's not bed hopping. Right. Oh, you're not bed hopping. See, oh, Rob so can't think you're of sex without bed hopping. <laughs> Rob is a filthy whore. <laughs> I think it if it if I meet someone and I'm attracted to them, I like them. I have sex if it develops naturally. But I don't mm-hmm. like when I meet a woman. I legitimately, I think that's relates back to Rob why I have free and easy conversations with women because I'm not cynically trying to get into their ass. Like I legitimately like meeting them intellectually fostering a a connection with them. And I think they pick up on that, that I'm not a pickup artist and I'm not, I think they hear that so much that it's like sometimes kind of refreshing that a man's approaching them. That's not all about fucking, but that said, I do enjoy sex. I'm a human being. And if it happens naturally, then I'm into it. But like, again, it's not my prime motivation for making connections with people, so mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I, didn't, I, I misunderstood. But my the question I was going to get to is: Does that mean you're currently actively masturbating? Not at the moment, but you know, like <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would. Uh, you know, maybe three or four times a month, I would say. Okay, so like once, one, about once a week. I try to space it out. There are times when I I have the urge to do it more than once a week, and I I resist mm-hmm. it because I I've found, and I'm almost fifty years old. Like I under I know how my body works at this point, and I know that if I do it less than once a week, I get very antsy and distracted and scatterbrained, and it centers me. And if I do it more than once a week, I feel like it it puts me in sort of a deflated mental zone. Like I feel like I drain myself a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. So I found that perfect zone is roughly once a week. I do. It varies, you know, slightly. Is it one of those things where like, you know, that you're ready to masturbate? Like, okay, it's time. It's time yeah. to, to, <laughs> to dump one out. I'm trying to think of how to answer that. No, I don't. I don't. doesn't feel that urgent. It feels like it's time, but not it's time. Like it's not, <laughs> I do it. I do it when it feels like, I do it probably in the stage right before that. I think when mm-hmm. the times that I have let it get to that point, I feel kind of shitty afterward. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like when I let it build up, it's like, you know, when you take a piss and you've held it for two hours, it feels good coming out, but sometimes there's an after effect, like maybe a cramp yeah. or something. I feel that way about, uh, I feel physically deflated and mentally deflated if I let it build up too much. Is anyone else like that? I don't know. That might just be me. I've never talked to people about this. I mean, I um, it, there's like that little post period where you're just like ready for a nap, but I think that's yeah. just from after any time I come. Oh, oh, whichever okay. way. So I don't know if there's a. Uh, I don't know. I think it I guess I also how... probably don't let it go that long between. Well, what's your average? Depends if. Uh, for me, it depends if my wife is in town or not. If she's away, then it might be every day. Just but any I'm coming, bored. any coming, like any. I'm not just jerking off. Sex too. Couple oh, times a week. Uh, yeah. How many? Couple, couple, three times a week. Some sort yeah, of. Something. I would say like uh, not every day, but uh, just about. I don't know. A few maybe breaks. It's, 
It's just I Fucking think people breaks. are different because I, if I have sex or any kind of orgasm more than once a week, I start to really feel drained of life force. I don't know what it is. Like it's just how I am. I think everyone's different. I don't want to say I'm asexual because I don't think that. But I don't honestly. No, I've had heard people argue that asexual doesn't mean you don't like sex. It means that you're not driven by sex or something. I know a couple of people in our Discord are asexual, so maybe they could uh, elaborate on that. Yeah. But I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm over, over sexual. Yeah, hypersexual. <laughs> hypersexual, yes. I uh, think for me at least, like my life force is so low in general. My life. <laughs> I'm very proud of you guys for not saying my wife once during this whole thing when I no. said my wife several times. That was very thoughtful. My, you mostly said my ex-wife, and I didn't think it'd be no. funny. Go, my ex-wife. <laughs> there you go. Well, now yeah, now that the story out. is out, and I purged the the serious part of it, you can feel free to do that. Do you want to catch up, Rob? Say it like five times. My wife, my wife, my wife, my wife. I know you were holding that in. Now that's what makes Rob feel drained. Oh, yeah. He says, "I get the munchies after I come." How about that? Sure. I don't sometimes, but it's also because I'm high. <laughs> yeah, you have it all before, during, and after the munchies. Yeah, I just I'm just always hungry. In fact, the coming is like a delay for you to eat the eat the sunflower <laughs> seeds. It's it could be seasoning. What oh, Dusty Rose man. Muffler said? <laughs> do you have any tips for me? I don't remember what he was talking about. Was that picking up women? about picking up women? Oh yeah, I would say uh, put your best self forward and be honest and uh if you and also what i said before be conscious of the fact that they are a human being that they are if they're very attractive they're being approached 47 times a day and if you really must invade their space understand that you are an annoyance and then how to and then think about how to overcome that and be conscious of it. You can even say that. I've said that before. I understand. I'm being an annoyance. I'm really sorry. I just felt like I had to say something because I think you're beautiful or whatever. I think you're something's interesting about them. I love the book that they were reading. Like I said, so it's anything like be honest, like good, just w women. And I think people in general, but we're talking about women now here specifically, people like genuine, uh, conversation and they like genuine just genuineness you know i think it's it really sincerity be honest be honest about the reasons you're approaching them and if you're going into it just with them as a sex object it's probably not going to work like you got to think about them as a human being and be respectful be respectful of the fact that they're probably going about their day probably annoyed about shit like you are put yourself in their shoes and say, how would you want to be approached in a situation like this? And then just be be yourself, you know, find what is good about yourself and accentuate that and focus on that. Have a good presentation too. Like you don't have to be wearing a tuxedo, but put your best self out there physically also. And I think people respond to that, you know, offer them something interesting as a way in to getting to know you. Hopefully presentation is i hope so dusty's a great guy and i know any woman should be proud to interact with dusty Rhodes muffler <laughs> <laughs> well um we can move on a little bit and, and talk to, go into the the 
music world and uh, actually talk about a, a different kind of divorce, uh, a band breakup. Uh, there oh, was this no. Headline, Not there Kiss. Was this oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, it's one we're, we're aware of. Uh, it, it's, it's also uh, somebody talking about a separation from a few years ago. Uh, Carrie King was quoted uh, last week. Carrie King, quote, felt anger over premature Slayer retirement. Yeah, we know why. Which it, and it's like, no, uh, Carrie King felt anger that he couldn't cash in on this anymore. You know? Right. Uh, and uh, so Metal Hammer Magazine asked Carrie what his reaction was when the conversation to end the band arose. And just as a quick recap, the conversation to end the band likely happened from one Tom Araya of Slaya. Tom Araya is the one who who uh, <laughs> wanted to stop because he just didn't want to tour anymore. He hated touring. His neck was fucked up. He's a family guy. He just wanted to hang out with his wife and kids. And he was over it. And, huh? and Tom Araya is like you know you you he is irreplaceable in slayer if you replace tom right it's just not slayer i think you know like jeff hanneman uh w was replaceable i i would say just from a business sense like creatively not so much but from a business sense they replaced him people still came to shows dave lombardo replaceable okay still right. came to shows uh I don't know if they got rid of Tom Mariah. What if they uh, replaced him with Phil Anselmo and then just toured Pantera and Slayer songs? That would probably be huge, right? That that would be. That was something that was uh, rumored for a while, in fact. That Kerry King's new band was going to be just Slayer with Phil Anselmo. Oh, really? And yeah. But then that's not happening or might happen still after this Pantera reunion thing? Uh, I don't know if it's happening because that was something that was rumored like years ago. Like, would Tom Mariah have to sign off on that? Well, it wouldn't be called Slayer. Oh, okay. What would it be called like Slayer Mania or something? Would they still play Slayer <laughs> play songs? Play Terra. <laughs> sure. Why not? But, then Why would, not? but if oh. they're playing Slayer songs, would Tom Mariah have to approve of that or no? I don't think so. You can okay. play whatever you want live. You might get a cut. Okay. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, Carrie King was was asked his reaction to the conversation when the uh, conversation to end the band arose. What was his reaction? And he responded, "Anger. What else? It was premature." He's talking about Slayers, and as somebody who went to Slayer shows uh, towards the end and told myself to stop, I could tell you it was not premature. It was time. Aww. That's kind of sad because, you know, I, I mean, I probably, I don't know, the last time I went to Slayer show, well, no, I, I saw them in the big four, I guess. I was going to say last time I went to a legit Slayer show, I was probably like 25, 20 or 20s. I never saw them do a full show, just them. I would see them like, a lot just because they would just have all the festival. They, they'd be a perennial headliner for like all yeah. these traveling festivals and stuff. And just, they would just, once Tom couldn't headbang, it really kind of, kind of was like, all right, guys. <laughs> My neck! My neck! Oh, no. I mean, his voice was still good, but. Then who cares if he could head? He's a singer. Is can he still sing and play his guitar? Like, what? Who cares? Well, he plays bass. Yeah, I it's mean, a bass I, guitar. I guess, okay. Show some respect. 
I am. Uh, like, no, I mean, Kerry King and, and uh, Gary Holt would pick up the pace with the headbanging. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know. The show just became different. It became different, folks. You know, no, but def- the big four. The big four. I, is, uh, Jeff Hanneman. No. <laughs> uh, but also, like, if I'm at a Slayer show, I'm, I don't have the luxury of looking at the stage to see what Tom Araya is doing. I'm looking around to make sure I'm not about to get stabbed or run into by somebody. Like there's you gotta have your head That's on a swivel anyway. That's like 1991. This is like yeah. they're, they're all 55. I went with Rob in like what was it the early aughts, late nineties to a Slayer show and in right, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then I was still fucking scared to death of literally everyone oh. there other than Rob. Well it's like 25 oh. years ago almost. Noah yeah. was there too. <laughs> Yeah, I was scared of Noah. Yeah. <laughs> How did I not get invited to this show? Fuck, I would have loved to see Slayer. Yeah, I don't know. Who it was, else was with on the that Soulfly. Oh, okay. Soulfly and uh, I forget the opener. I could look it up. I, uh, but anyway, I was about to say, like, I, I kind of regret not going to a show in that long to see Slayer. Like, I really, that was, that's some of the best, like, sociable memories of my life is seeing i used to see slayer literally every single time they came to the area you know and yeah there was a slayer pantera tour uh when we were when i was in college i regret not attending it's a good show looks like but, it was uh, august of 2002 mm-hmm. Ooh, that was like a turbulent time in my life i might have just begged out i'm not gonna blame you guys for not inviting me i was very, very fucked up at that time no oh. How so? Uh, you want another 45-minute speech? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, my mother uh, lost her job, and I and she just kind of went into a like a meltdown. Like She became agoraphobic, so she wasn't leaving the house, and I was taking care of her, and I was working ridiculous hours, like overnights, and she was almost getting evicted, so I had to go to court every day. In, after work, I was working overnight, 12 to 8, and I had to immediately go to the housing court and fight Jesus. for her to not get evicted. I was supporting her financially. I was in the middle of a relationship with a girl that was tumultuous also. Rob remembers me talking to Zeroff about that. And, uh, yeah, it was very wild. Also, I think just the overnight kind of uh, killed your uh, social life, essentially, because you became like your your schedule was completely different. Like you would wake up at 5 p.m. Essentially, yeah. Sid and, can and go to bed at nine. Yeah. Sid, Sid can appreciate this. Uh, I went to a Mets game once. That was like my only social life mm-hmm. in the for like a year. I went to my, my Mets game and I had to leave. Because it went to extra innings, and I had to get to work. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's one of the only that times I left the Mets game because they went to, like, the 11th. And it was really, it was a really shitty game, too. They were playing the Yankees. Oh. And I had to leave. It was tied. I left. And I'm walking in the parking lot, and, I, and it was them losing because it was oh. half filled with the Yankees fans. Yeah. And it was Robin Ventura with the Yankees hitting a home run or something. <sighs> Jesus Christ. I'm glad I fucking well, At least, left. yeah. At least you didn't have to see that. I did go to another game in that series. I went to two games that weekend or whatever, and it was the one that Mo Vaughn hit that three-run bomb off of David Wells. David Wells. Think of this. I'm going to a sports thing. Sorry, but this is very interesting. Uh, Two-nothing. David Wells is pitching a near-perfect game against the Mets. It's the eighth inning, and they finally got two guys on, and Mo Vaughn hit the scoreboard, the Bud Light. 
I was one of them, and I ran down. I was in the upper deck. I ran down. There was a whole section of Yankee fans that bought up as a group. They bought up uh, one whole section of the upper deck, and they were doing their stupid fucking cowbell the whole game mm -hmm. and annoying everybody, talking shit. And I ran down the steps. I went right into the section. I went, ah! <laughs> I just laughed at him. <laughs> and a guy tried to snatch me, like, by of my Of course. Shirt, like, the front row. And I uh -huh. evaded him, and then a cop or a security guard ran over and almost decked him. Like, and then they grabbed him and they took him out because wow. the guy tried to snatch him. It was one of my favorite memories at a baseball game. That's awesome. Go ahead. Sorry. That was a little bit of a distraction. I think I, so the, the bill on that show, by the way, it was Slayer Soulfly in flames and mm. a band called down the sun, which I have no oh, recollection yeah, that, of. Well, I don't, I word. think we got there one after word. down the sun. I remember we saw Sorry. it in flames. Uh, so I want to read this Carrie King quote because it's so it's so silly. Uh, anger. What else? It was premature. The reason I say premature is because my heroes from my childhood are still playing. I could still play. I still want to play, but that livelihood got taken away from me. <laughs> but anyway, on to the next chapter. I guess we were on top of the world, but there's nothing wrong with going out on top of the world. It's a good way to go out. So bravo for that. But do I miss playing? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, for him to frame it as his livelihood got taken away from him is so silly to me. Uh, like, I mean, his maximum earning potential. Yeah. If, his, was if he away. wants to play, he could go fucking people will go see the Kerry King experience. Yeah, but he it's doesn't want to be he doesn't want to work. Yeah. People have done that fucking Dave Ellis. I was at Starland Ballroom, and you know how in between sets they show who el who's coming uh -huh. to town. David Ellison is doing a tour called The Kings of Thrash, <laughs> and it's like him and I don't know who else, and he's playing two Megadeth albums back to back. Oh. And it's like, that is a man who wants to play, who needs to play. Well, he's got legal who, bills. <laughs> and he's also got legal bills, sure. Now, hold he also on. Plays, has financial incentive to do this. The Kings of Thrash. Isn't he more like an Earl of Thrash? Let's be real. I mean, he, <laughs> he deserves some recognition, but he's not the king. Okay? Yeah, Let's no. be real here. I just collapsed into Bill Maher. What was that? <laughs> he's not the king. Okay. <laughs> Let's new rule. Don't call yourself a king if you're a Viscount. So he's playing with Jeff Young, who was on So Far So Good, So What? Oh. He was the, oh, the, the yeah. other guitarist. On that. Isn't you know, Jeff Young like a glorified session guy that they got for that album? Like he wasn't. Well, there you go. He's a he's a glorified session guy that Ellison got for this tour. So wait, a is lot it just that, or is there other bands on it to make it like more thrash royalty, or is it really just him? Oh, yeah, like if it, it was every secondary guy from every yeah. big band, like you know, <laughs> no, it's it's Kings of Thrash, the Mega Years, featuring yeah. David Ellison and Jeff Young performing "Killing Is My Business" and "Business Is Good" and "So Far So Good." So what in their entirety with special guest Hatred? Oh, okay. <laughs> Driving the bus, Ron McGovney. Oh no! <laughs> so who's singing? Is someone saying? Is this just instrumental? Like what? It features Chaz Leon on vocals. Oh. Who? Oops. Chaz Leon. That's Slayer's accountant. Oh, VIP packages are also available. Good to know. 
you could meet these two <laughs> wonderful people. Oh I'd... my god, how much how much do you think this it costs to meet David Ellison and and Jeff Young? You get a meet and greet, an exclusive laminate, and one merch item. Okay, I guess the merch item kind of brings Are up. Are we the guessing? Value. We're doing a game show here. Yes, yeah. we're guessing. Uh do you want to go first, Sid? Three hundred dollars. Ooh, all right. And you how long do you get to meet them for? It just it doesn't indicate. Let's assume like 20 minutes or something. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go lower. I'm going to say $175. Okay. You both are actually too high. It's $100. Oh, <laughs> you got you, you like your your guesses make it sound valuable, but it no. is. No, <laughs> I, my guess was. Right. Rob, I think what, even a hundred dollars seems like like I thought it'd be I like was twenty five fifty. Rob, if I can <laughs> if I can explain, I I was trying to twenty five. That's what Greg Valentine gets after an indie show. <laughs> I was trying you thought to thought the VIP was 20, they are David Ellison is basically Greg Valentine of um, he's the Greg Valentine. Right, but I was trying to factor in them overvaluing their Okay, work. that's fair, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Okay, but so I went you're too saying far. I went this too is, far. I don't know, I still think hundred I guess a hundred dollars is fifty bucks for each of them, which I I I guess fifty bucks to meet Dave Ellison, that's can I can I just like if I I don't who the fuck did, like Jeff Young means nothing to me you know like if I'm I guess if I go to this he would mean something because shifty short kicks says can I pay a hundred dollars to have them never play my city I'd start a GoFundMe <laughs> for that <laughs> um yeah I don't know did, did I I know I've told this on the show but do you all remember when I actually did the meet and greet with Greg Valentine and Brutus Beefcake at a yeah, show. Yeah, right. Yes. You <laughs> that was with that. my ex-wife, by the way. Your ex-wife. The funniest part of that story, and I wonder if this ever happens with Dave Ellison, is that he had, <laughs> Greg Valentine had no, like, you know, you do these things and you have some manager who mm -hmm. goes and collect. he sits there with a cigar box and you put all the money in. He, Greg Valentine had to ask us for the money, and it was the saddest thing. Oh, my it God. It was just like, so, so we just walked up. And I was well, like, I guess you know, he, his my, thought was if he had to have someone do that, he'd have to pay them and he'd rather keep that. Money. Right. And I said, I said, you know, I walked. Through, there was a line of people, maybe five or six people, not a queue of people. But, you know, a, a decent amount of people wanted to do this. And I, I was finally our turn. So I walked up and I was like, I'm a little camera shy, but we're both big fans. My wife would love to take a picture with you guys. Uh, so he's like, uh, actually, I said, no, I said a picture with you. And he goes, oh, okay, well, you know, it's ten dollars. I was like, oh, okay, sure, no problem. Uh, uh, and is, is Brutus in? He's like, and then he had to go. Oh, that's it's another ten dollars. He was so embarrassed, and Aww. I felt mortified. I was like, that's fine. He thought I was going to walk away or something because he had to say that. I was Probably like, because imagine how many bucks. people did. <laughs> right, I would have paid more than that. I didn't give a fuck. It was like a nice experience. I know he's washed up and all that, but. It, you know, he was a big, pretty big guy in my youth. Oh, yeah. yeah I agree. He was so, one of the top guys. He was the Intercontinental Champion. For I was thrilled to meet him, and he was, like, totally embarrassed to be there. Not in an arrogant way. Like, he wasn't, like, putting himself yeah, above yeah. us or anything. He was just, like, embarrassed to have to ask for the money. I'm like, well, just imagine wow. how much brain damage he has. I mean, yeah, seriously. It's sad. I know we're getting off on another tangent, but he's been doing these great shoots. Like, he's he sat down and shot probably... He's in the same outfit every time, so I'm assuming he did, like, four hours worth of shoots, but they keep releasing them. That's the positive little... assumption. Negative yeah, that's true. Has one suit. <laughs> yeah. It's not a... He's like a track suit or something. But he... But it's very... He's a very good 
he, I, I, he, I'm sure he does have brain damage, Rob and Sid, but he's he he's pretty sharp when he tells his stories. Maybe that's the only time he's sharp. I recommend those if you Google them. The one thing I feel like like I want to mention, uh, he was recently in the news. Uh, you know, Vince McMahon, uh, he was accused of all these uh, sexual, uh, you know, indiscretions, and one of the accusations was the first. Uh, lady ref in WWE in the 80s claims that you know uh, he made her all these promises that if she slept with him he would like give her this half a million dollar contract and make her a big star as the first lady ref and that like uh, once at dinner he like told her to come in, into her his limo and uh, and blow her and the blow then exploded. Him. That's what happened on Raw. <laughs> no, no, no. And blow him. And uh, uh, by the way, like w- the, the, the most evil part of the story is when he first hired her. He told her the number one rule is don't hook up with any of the boys, <laughs> meaning the wrestlers. And then when he he like made her blow him afterwards, he said, remember how I told you not to hook up with any of the boys? You just broke that rule. I'm going to have to fire you. <laughs> and he fired her. And so uh, oh, she, she must said, have really given bad head. Ah. <laughs> want to keep it around. God. She said that that uh, he she went to Greg Valentine and while they were sharing a joint a week, a week or two later, she told him the whole story and he corroborates that she told him the story, but he has to add that he didn't believe her because he didn't think she was attractive enough for Vince McMahon to hook up with. Wow. Like what a, what a fucked up thing to say. (laughs) And it's just like, no, he said like Vince McMahon, has said that he had sex with her. He just said right. that it's not consensual. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, who said it was not consensual? She did. I mean, oh. I'm sorry. He said that it was consensual. Right. Uh, I, I made a mistake. He said it's consensual, and she said she was coerced by a job right. promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Which that's I'm sure good. Vince knows that that happened, but he thinks that that's still consensual because. He's probably just saying I didn't like hold her down and force myself into her mouth. Right. Right. His idea of what's consensual is is, uh, very legally precise. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the good news is now a New York court will decide because uh, there's this. uh, I think we talked about this Uh, in New York and California. Mm -hmm. There's this one year window now, which is so stupid. (laughs) You have one year. If you if somebody sexually molested you or abused you. And the statute of limitations was up. You got one year to file it. Yeah. No statute of limitations. But after this year, boom, they're back in. Yeah, it's a game <laughs> show. <laughs> uh, and so she did file. Uh, and I feel like she has a pretty strong case. She, you know, she her story has not changed uh, in the many years that she's told it. So good. we'll see what happens there. Any any negative uh, outcome that can befall Vince McMahon, I'm all for it. He's one of the most vile, I think, vile people in all of entertainment, not just wrestling. I think he's one of the worst uh, executives. He's up there with Harvey Weinstein. Maybe worse than Harvey Weinstein, I would say. Although Harvey Weinstein did literal rape, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, he didn't I mean, only. Vince put- probably did, too. Oh, I'm yeah, sure, but I'm saying we don't know it yet. Yeah, it, yeah, I'm not saying he never did, but Harvey Weinstein is documented to have like not just coerced someone with job promises, but like actually physically penetrated. Them yeah, 
their consent, right? Is that correct? I yeah. believe so. He's already in jail, uh, so he's... Make room in that cell, Harv. I feel like the worst Vince is going to face is just financial penalties. I don't think he's going to end up... I don't jail. even think he's going to face that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like like, like, like slaps on the wrist, you mean. Or just settle out I of court agree. with people. Yeah, I fully court. agree. I think our yeah. system favors the rich. But it's like... You can hold. We can hold. Whatever money it is, it's like... It would be like the equivalent of us paying a parking ticket. Yes. You know, it'll be, it'll be tens of millions of dollars, but like for him, it's a parking ticket. And he'll still hate that. <laughs> he'll get over it quick, though. He'll just fucking intern or something but to he, feel better. Yeah. He's the kind of guy that won't internally recognize that he got off incredibly fucking easy. Like he's such a narcissist that he'll think he was justified in being right and that this is unfair. Yeah, he's being persecuted for his success. Yep. God. Jim Crockett no. doesn't get these lawsuits because he lost. And because he's dead. Oh, well. He had a cup, damn it. <laughs> the things he would do into that cup. Oh, oh, was Jim Crockett ever accused of anything? Probably. I mean, come on. Those people were all animals back then. I just only hear people glowing about him. It's weird. Except WWE people who were all horrible. Yeah. Well, I feel like uh, he wasn't exactly the best businessman, probably. Oh, yeah, sure. He was a great guy to hang out with, but not the best businessman. Right. He ran his business into the ground. But I'm talking about like molestation stuff. Oh yeah, no, I, I never heard anything like that. Uh, but uh, I do. Uh, uh, speaking of sex, but not molestation, <laughs> I want to play a clip of a revelation that I'm not sure I believe. It is the Sully started dating Lady Gaga. Yes, oh, there we go. Spoiler you heard alert. That, audio. <laughs> that was perfectly so, timed. How did you do that so well? Uh, the Sully Sullenberger of, dated Lady Lady Gaga. The playing of, of Godsmack, the, the frontman oh. of Godsmack, who's like four nine. Uh, he is. Well, I don't know if he's, he's, he's exaggerating, but he's yeah. Sure. Yes. Uh, he was on the drummer of, of Godsmack was on a podcast and claimed that it is common knowledge that Sully dated Lady Gaga. I've mm. never heard this, and this sounds ridiculous to me, but. I want to play this clip. He's dating so. up, like literally and figuratively. By the way, Sully Erna is the same height as me, Rob. Sully so started on. dating Lady Gaga. She got him to finally smoke, Whoa, and that was guy. great. Is that yeah. a true story? Yeah, that's true, and that's, Whoa, that's not, I don't guy. think, a secret. That's the drummer of Godsmack, obviously. Oh, no. Everybody looks so interesting. I love that here. he's like, it's not a secret. Like, what? <laughs> you know, I don't think Sully would bump out of people second, who please? dated I'm Lady Gaga. Sorry. sorry, Sid, you reacted like you knew who that host is. Who is that? No, I just was amazed by his outfit. And then he, we he's cut just to the, the regular guy. this guy. Oh. And he's, yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Shifty Shortcake says if the press doesn't nickname the couple Gaga Smack, then I don't want to live anymore. Well, God lady. Then RIP a Shifty Shortcake because I don't think that nickname is coming. They have to be together for that to be. Yeah. Fair. And the press has to know who Sully Erna is. <laughs> right. Or yeah. Godsmack even. Yeah. So listen, let's listen to this quick clip. I remember you saying something to me to the effect of when Sully started dating Lady Gaga, she got him to finally smoke. And that was great. Is that a true story? Yeah, that's true. And that's that's not, I don't think, a secret. You know, I don't think Sully would bum out if people knew he dated Lady Gaga. I mean, she's hot. And she's mega talented. So she's unbelievable. Like, how could you? Yeah. 
Like, uh, well, you know, that's not that. the like, unbelievable part like, of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, think not, would... I think I think you don't understand the framing here. The <laughs> unbelievable part is that not that Sully would date her. Of course, he would date her. <laughs> I think the unbelievable part is why the fuck is Lady Gaga hanging out with Sully Erna? I don't think. Uh, Darren would be very upset if people found out that he banged Whitney Houston in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. Like that's he'd be fine with that. But That'd it was when great. she was in that bathtub. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Listen, I don't want an investigation on me like this, man. Please back off. Seriously, like if you well, want to say like he's not, you know, as much as I love, you know, he's not like Tommy Lee or whatever that or what, whoever the guy is now, you know. None of us are like Tommy <laughs> Lee, man. None of us. Unless Tommy you're, Lee unless you're packing something else that I don't know about. What I mean what is a- by that is Travis Barker, Tommy Lee, whatever. It's dudes that have public girlfriends mm-hmm. that are super famous too. And then they're, but they're different than Sully. Sully's East Coast guy. He's like me and Tony Robbie. We're East Coast dudes. And so, you know. You, you know, East Coast dudes. I don't or know. Low-key. Yeah, I guess. LA so. bands, LA bands, and West Coast dudes. They have flashier, maybe, and they, you know, their rock starism is more David Lee Roth than, you know, I don't know Eddie Vedder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who's also more Eddie Coast, Vedder? Right. Even though we're East Coast, you yeah. know, so we're probably even flashier than Eddie, who he'll show up in an army jacket on your ass. You don't even recognize him. Oh, oh my God, that's Eddie Vedder. Uh, yeah, so we're one, we're in between them and the dudes with the flashy girls on our arms. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so did he date her? Yeah, but did he ever tell anyone? No, <laughs> except for know? our his friends and us. We the band, you know, we we knew. There you go. Well, but I'm saying it took it took her poker face to get him to to light up, Ugh. or lighten up. <laughs> I'm not sure which one. Is it uh. a metaphor? Or did it really happen? Oh, what are we? <laughs> What is poker face, what? Ah, that's her first song. That was her, her single, Poker Face. Oh, yeah, yeah, Poker Face. I got the poker face. I got the poker oh, face. She's amazing. Oh, I, lo- I love Michelle. It. That's what I call her right. after watching the Netflix yeah. special. Mm, All I know is, yes, that five foot two thing, you know, she she's amazing. Amazingly awesome. Fierce. Yeah, no one, no but, uh, one is yeah. debating that part. And so he just, it was a brief thing, by the way. Oh, I bet. I think a lot. You know what I've heard? I've heard this over the years. I think a lot of people in like metal or hard rock they think it's some like great admission when they say they like Lady Gaga. Like it's like, oh no, I'm actually into her stuff. She's like the biggest pop star of the last yeah, ten years. You, what are you admitting statement. there? Like that she's a, you can recognize she's a great musician. Okay, yeah, wow, thanks. They yeah. could. <laughs> I could tell you stories that I can't tell you. Someday I'll <laughs> wait. What? So what the fuck you know are you I mean? here for then? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Okay, for I, will, I will ask one more if you can tell us this because Corey and I, great we used to love the Shannon nighttime like lullabies where you come in, you know, and smoke with us and finally sit down and tell us more stories about being on the road. And you told the greatest Van Halen stories oh, between let's Alex Van Halen. Let's stick with this and hear what the great Van Halen. Oh my yeah, let's hear the great Van Halen story. Can you tell? Oh, like, you finally got me because I never know what Alex Van Halen's actually like because he's always been so quiet and just the guy playing incredible drums. But you made he him farted once. It you, fucking stunk. <laughs> yeah, and he was so smart and like. 
Now, Weird. don't get me wrong. Van Halen are a great band. They're super talented. Right? <laughs> like this is that. a great interview because they just have this guy on and they're like, could you tell us about your more famous and interesting people you know? <laughs> we don't care about you. And then he says, no. He's, he's like, I could tell you stuff. Yeah, but, but I'm I not won't. Gonna, but well, I what will. the fuck are you here for? <laughs> Get out. That's He doesn't even follow up this dipshit with the weird jacket. He's just like, fucking, uh, I could tell you some more about Lady Gaga, but that's not. Okay. Anyway, how about, well, fuck you. That's what we're here for, you fucking jerk off. They need somebody on their panel to just say, hang up on this fuck. And also, <laughs> like, listening. No one cares about you or a fucking fucking ebook you just published or your stupid podcast. <laughs> like what? Like what Santa kind of hat. webcam is this guy? This guy is using a webcam that came for free with like an AOL disc in two thousand. <laughs> he's fucking, he's, a, he's in a multi platinum band. Oh, and, and he can't have a fucking decent <laughs> camera to do and, interviews. And he's right next to it <laughs> too. Like see up his nostrils. Weird, you know? <laughs> How is he weird? Uh, I like tell you, you know, he, he well, I say weird, but in, just weird. now He's looking just weird, back, Mr. that was 30 years ago <laughs> almost. Fascinating so looking story. back now, well, well yeah, this guy's a real word we have now, and the way the world looks now, he might have been right, but he was uh -oh. definitely in the conspiracy theories of the oh, no. highways underneath the United States that connected Houston with DC and the aliens and. You know, and boy, okay. he was intense about it too. Uh, and fuck I, and he's, he's the, the guy forward. that does nothing in Van Halen. He's got like twenty-three <laughs> he hours. A, Come on, Derek. He's a god. Yeah, I never said a he's, word. He has twenty-three hours a day like, to think this. about things. Like, who the fuck gives a shit? Dude, Dude, next, he's gonna be like, you know, he never really oh. talked about it, but there was a long time where Eddie was in a relationship with Valerie Bertinelli. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he wasn't one of those flashy guys who was telling anyone. Oh my god! Oh my god! I have to tell you, you know, I used to know Ace Frehley. I have some good stories about him. Oh, really? Tell us one. All no. right, he used to collect Beanie Babies. Oh, <laughs> what? That's so amazing. Thank you. You know, I honestly would believe that. <laughs> that does sound like an Ace. Like randomly, that's what he spent all his profits on. He just blew it on Beanie Babies and Nazi oh, memorabilia. An investment. That's an investment. So, so interesting. Thank you for coming on our podcast, <laughs> guy. Nobody fucking knows ever. Rob, which week is he calling into our show? He's a, he's on. He's our guest next week. Actually, nice. Oh, I'll, I'll be very excited to fill time when he doesn't say anything. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, you're gonna stand alone. Now. <laughs> oh, no. The one thing I, I know about about Godsmack is that they just randomly mention bodily functions. All the, I always would hear the a random song, and he would just you know kind of half listening and here piss on you, wow, pissing, I'll piss now. And, you know, like why is everything about piss with them? Yeah. What's that one? They had one. Maybe, maybe in I Stand Alone. I'm not sure, but there's one major hit that they had where it's just a big piss. He just goes, piss. I can't, not sure if I can. Is there a way you can search their whole lyrical uh, database for the word piss? Yeah, you could go to Genius and search Godsmack Piss. Genius. Piss, That's the good and then it'll tell you which Godsmack songs have the word piss in them. Uh, and and while while Darren does that, Let's talk about a different uh, musical feature we have on the show. Our Spotify playlist, the RIPL Livecast music break. Every week, we each pick a song. We throw it up in the playlist. And uh, you can follow along with the playlist and 
you know, get some good, good music recs. So let's see here. My it, pick this week. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Darren. Did you find it? Is it really time for the fucking music recs already? It is. Holy shit, that flew by. Uh, so let's see here. So mine is uh, this new artist I found called Oppenheimer Analysis. Uh, and the song is The Devil's Dancers. It's a very catchy, like, goth, dancey tune. And I'm, I'm really digging this band. Uh, this album uh, came out, it looks like, uh, over 10 years ago. So, But it's it's very fun. I, I found them through, a play, through another playlist. The power of the playlist. So that's my pick. Sid, what did you pick? I picked the song Amoeba by The Adolescents because it is a very catchy, old-school uh, Orange County hardcore punk song from back in the day. Uh, somebody on my Twitter feed posted it earlier this week. It was like, I dare you not to get this hook stuck in your head for the rest of the week. And I lost mm-hmm. that dare because it has been stuck in my head the rest of the week. And now it will be stuck in everybody else's head. And I actually, I never really paid attention to the lyrics of the song. And I was like, I wonder what this is actually about. Is it about like, you know, they, they all used to skate in like empty pools back in the day. And some of those are shaped, you know, like they have that kind of amoeba shape. So I was like, maybe it's about that. And no, it's just about, it's like a weird sci-fi. There's an amoeba that a scientist finds and it's taking over the world, but the lyrics aren't even really that detailed. It doesn't really go past that initial premise, but the hook is just them saying amoeba over and over. And it's extremely catchy. Can you give us a little preview by singing the chorus, the hook, but it's, it's just amoeba. Over and over melodically. They say it's it sexily. Darren, what's your song? I found this guy uh called the Texas uh the singing Texas sports fan. I think it was a YouTube wreck or something. Uh and the name of the song is Miguel Tejada is fighting age discrimination. Uh and I'll give you the basically the rundown of his al- he has one album that I found, and it's basically straightforward songs about uh, sports issues of the day so they, most of them are kind of dated but there's another one called Jessica Simpson is distracting Tony Romo <laughs> for example uh, but and, and as like at first I put it on I was like alright I get the joke but I played the whole album and I have to admit I started liking this unironically like I actually think it, they're very clever uh, he's, he's not really a good singer but it's like he knows how to make something stick in your head. It's catchy, and it's fu- it's a funny gimmick that's done very well. So I recommend this to anybody. Go listen to the whole album. Each of the songs is like a minute and a half, and they're very funny. And also, I want to say, uh, I re- this is my second choice because I realized I had a song by an artist I really like a lot, uh, which I will probably play next week. <clears throat> but the, p- the song that I wanted to play is like a breakup song, like a hateful breakup song to oh. your ex and I realized I was going to talk about getting divorced, <laughs> and I don't feel that way at all. It was just a coincidence that I wanted to play that song, and I didn't want it to be misconstrued as if I really hate my ex-wife because I do not at all. So I left that uh, for next week. And a quick follow-up. Uh, as T-Tam found out, the track you're talking about, Darren, is Time Bomb, Lie Down in All This Piss. You drink it from me every day. Oh, what? I live in a world of shit. Been li- left here to die. Is now, about Lady Gaga? Um, <laughs> imagine. Uh, I thank you for bringing that to my attention. That's not what I was thinking of, uh, but that's also very. One? That's what I'm saying. They have piss all over the place. 
but it's it's from I don't know if that's a big song of theirs. I'm not a big Godsmack fan, but I know it's from the hook of like a big, big, big Godsmack single. And I can't. They apparently it. have another song called "Whiskey Hangover." Oh no! Uh, that has. Was I stand there. alone about being at a urinal? <laughs> is that what this is all? But they, so what? So what? You cleaned your act up so far. So what if I'm pissing into the wind again? Have you ever thought that I'm not who you are, baby? Because even when I lose, I know how to win again and again. Uh, okay. Isn't that a dream on? Isn't that Aerosmith song? You got to lose and know how to win. <laughs> That's cream on. Cream on. Cream on. Cream until your creams come true. <laughs> I don't know what RIP stands for this week. Does anybody have any suggestions? Uh, oh, wow. Mm. Rest in piss. We were just talking about piss. <laughs> Really into piss. Okay, there we go. Salirna is really into piss. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Quick man cometh. R. Kelly wishes he could have written about pissing as much as Godsmack did. He lived it. He didn't need to. (laughs) Piss man don't advertise. But write what you know. Uh, uh, T-Tam, by the way, I want to thank you for digging that up. That was very helpful. I I don't think that's the one, but I appreciate that because that's a perfect example of what I am. I think there's just a, a million songs. I remember doing this once like 10 years ago, but like I'm so old that it went out of my head of what the results were. I remember hearing that one, and I was like, did they just sing about piss all the time? And I'm not a Godsmack fan at all, so I yeah. started looking, and I was like, another, another fucking piss reference. Another piss reference. For me, I remember, at least just from the singles, that all I noticed all of them had some version of like, go away, get away from me. Like yeah. every yeah. song had... Him telling somebody to leave. I stand alone. Yeah. <laughs> it was really a lot of that. Yeah. So maybe that's like his shame from being into piss. Inside I piss alone. Dusty, Dusty Rhodes muffler yesterday's piss is not today's piss. Yesterday's <laughs> piss is wow. not today's piss. I can't believe we hold, went the whole episode without <laughs> referencing that. Fault. I'm sorry. I had to Incredible with a long, heartfelt story. Um. Yeah, we'll double. We'll double down on Fat Joe next week. (laughs) Uh, The only thing I guess left is the. Oh, I do want to mention our Discord. If you want to hang out with us throughout the week, we're uh, we're hanging out in the chat all day long. RIPLiveCast.com is where you can find the link uh, for the invite uh, and and chat with us in our Discord. Uh, And finally, I want to give a shout out to our top livecast fans of the week. Top livecast fans are fans that uh, you know. I want to throw in a few extra bones on our Patreon. Ten bucks a month. You get access to all those bonus episodes, plus a little shout-out at the end of the show, which is right now. And I feel like doing it like Sully Ernest. Yeah, 100%. Please. <laughs> Eric, I piss on stand-in with Benjamin. Yeah. Dan, I... Stand alone. <laughs> yeah. Sam I am with Mindy Mays Kipper. 
Jander, the one who's so far oh, no. away with Shasur, Sassusids, enter my brain. Cattle decaf from a vampiro. Hugo likes tacos and Lando Dings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, LaCroix. Coritz Cartier H. Doug Pigman and Douglas, who are you? Get away, Lavasau. Not enough. Hey piss. guys, it's Josh. Sorry, go ahead. I just said there's not enough piss in that. But <laughs> insert one piss. It's so new. Just needs a couple of drops. This is the end drops of the list, though. Just shake off now. <laughs> <laughs> Your right, urinal, not the one who's so far away. <laughs> when I feel my bladder start to give way, <laughs> that that song I feel uh, is is an earworm. That that particular one. Mm. You, is, that song is what did you say? It's an earworm. Oh, I I'm with you on that. Sid this voodoo. I agree. Voodoo, voodoo. I, I just think Godsmack is very good at being catchy and little else. I think they're very, just very good unoriginal. At, I think is yeah, their hundred percent problem. Agreed. Yeah. But talented, talented musicians, not particularly creative. That's my take on Godsmack. They're really good in those army recruitment videos. Like if all those commercials, they're like the soundtrack to everyone where it's like a cartoon of a knight and he's got a sword and he's fighting a monster. And then all of a sudden he's just like a soldier. And then it's like, yeah, somebody then, c- commanding a drone and it's you're, eight- <laughs> you're 18 years old. You see that commercial. You think you're going to put on chain mail and fight a fucking <laughs> dragon. And then you're just blowing up Afghanistani huts and that's yeah. it. You're chaining a male to a table and then waterboarding him. <laughs> so, Sort of similar, I, I guess. Yeah, Dusty Rhodes Muffler, Godsmack makes WWE pay-per-view music. It's yeah. a whole genre. WWE yeah. pay-per-view music is a whole genre unto itself. It's a genre no yeah, one... Honestly, it was. I feel like now it's kind of... They've uh, evolved to like just kind of picking up pop songs. you know, Pitbull like, and like that kind of thing. Yeah. For WrestleMania, they've gotten like The Weeknd. They actually get like really? some good actually good songs WWE is a huge media machine like they're yeah. on par with any other content creating yeah, it's true you know, they're that big yeah they really license some big songs especially for the big events but we, the weekend isn't like performing there or anything like no that. Okay. no 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 i and i don't give wwe credit for much but i will say they have a way of taking a, a shitty song that i'd never ever listened to and making it work in the context of what they're doing and then there's no greater example of that than the limp biscuit song that became the uh, oh my promo, way, yes. my way. Yes. oh my god oh my god that's the best re- to this day i watch that and i get goosebumps and i'm like why am i getting goosebumps <laughs> from this horrible song and it's because their production is so fucking good it's like some fucking clockwork orange conditioning shit going on. <laughs> so good. It's so good. Yeah. And like they have the what's the fucking uh, song by the guy that left Creed that was Edge's music. That's not really oh, good song. Scott Stapp. Yeah, you can't. No, you can't, no, it's not no, one was, of the other guys. That was the, the rest of the band. Everyone right. but. Scott oh, it's Stapp a, oh. a new singer. OK. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I thought it was uh, one guy from Creed, but whatever. No, no, no. It's the the musicians of like the the people playing the instruments in Creed and a new singer. 
Okay. Uh, the guy, Miles Kennedy, he's also in Slash's solo band. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. What a, uh, he's a renowned he's Alter a renowned Bridge, there you go, yeah. Yeah, and the I song is called uh, uh, Conolingus or something, right? What is it? Not Conolingus, something like oh, I, don't, I don't remember. It just doesn't uh, fit the song at all. But uh, we're going to get out of here. If you want to send us feedback, ripalivecast at gmail.com is the email address. If you have any questions about Darren's sex life, now is the time. <laughs> Until then, you stand alone. Until next week. When we're back. <laughs> Pissing. <laughs>